Good Saturday morning, Sports Radio 93.7, the Fan Panthers Insider, driven by PGT Trucking, and we are brought to you by Beaver County Automotive. Live with you every Saturday. We're always here, 8 to 9, eight weeks away from kickoff. Pitt Wofford, 3.30 kickoff at Acrisure Stadium, Saturday to September 2nd. We're through July 4th. We've crested the hill, we've crested the mountain, and we are now on the downslope on our way to football season. And we're going to break things down here today. We talked to David Hale last week. Great interview with David Hale from ESPN who really got into his thoughts on the ACC, pegged the Panthers as kind of a you know the upper tier of of uh teams in the ACC but really, you know, a notch below of Florida State and Clemson who are the odds-on favorites to be competing for the ACC championship. The two kind of preeminent powers in the ACC, at least from a anticipation standpoint. A lot of talent on both those rosters. But David had a lot, a lot of nice things to say about the Pitt program, but had his fair share of questions. We talked through strengths. We talked through weaknesses. I think today we'll dive into some of the weaknesses or question marks is probably a more appropriate term, question marks heading into 2023. I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Talking pit football all morning. Also got a chance to sit down earlier this week with Damar Hamlin. Damar, uh, obviously everyone knows his story. Um, certainly he has made a, a miraculous recovery and is on pace to play football for the Buffalo Bills this fall. Um, Damar hosting his charity softball game tonight uh, at 6 o'clock start. I'm not sure if tickets are still available. I'll be there. I'm actually doing live play-by-play. Um, PA announcer slash play-by-play slash professional heckler. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll talk through that charity softball game. Sat down with Demar for about t- a ten-minute interview, and he got into you know, really his mission with the the Chase and M's Foundation and what he's trying to do for youth in this country. Starting here in Pittsburgh, he's a McKees Rocks native. His story is well documented, but I, I think you'll fail to find a, a an example of a a young person taking more advantage of their platform. Uh, his circumstances were unfortunate back in January, uh, but what he has done since then um, with grace, hard work, obviously a lot of help. Um, I'm sure there were very trying times. I could only imagine for him and his family, but what he has done to be a force of good following uh, that unfortunate uh, series of events is uh, the story that needs to be told. And, Obviously, there'll be a spectacular, spectacular reception for him when he graces the football field again and potentially may do so here in Pittsburgh when the Steelers take take on the Bills early in the season. We'll talk to DeMar later in the show. But talking pit football now, again, eight, week, eight weeks from kickoff. And one of the things that you know we chatted with, with, with David Hale about were it, – it, it seems to be, with probably the exception of last year, um, and maybe the COVID year in 2020 because of returners and so forth. There there seems to be, a, it's probably a semi-annual, it's, it's probably an every other year feeling of not doom and gloom, but who who on this defensive line is going to, is going to be the next great one. And I think it's fair. It's a fair question. When you lose Kalijah Kansi, not to mention Deslin Alexander and Haba Baldonado and John Morgan in the transfer portal. 
when you lose those type of players, these are very fair questions to, to ask. But I think what David Hale got back to in, in, in our conversation was this kind of blind faith in that Pat Narduzzi and Charlie Partridge are going to find more, actually more aptly, they're going to develop that next group of great players. And that's what I want to jump into on the first part of today's show. I, I want to jump into this defensive line, who I expect to see have more featured and prominent roles as a result of departures. I don't I don't know if there's a Kalijah Cansey on this roster right now. You never know that until the lights go on, until the games count. I have my presumptions of who I think will be the most integral parts of this defensive line. But I would argue that with the way Pitt plays, now fortunately, and David Hale mentioned this in, in, in our conversation last week, and again, you can find that at 93.7thefan.com. All of our shows are podcasted, and David's interview was terrific. If you want some great insight on the ACC and Pitt, Pitt's place in the ACC. Pitt's fortunate to have a, a very veteran defensive backfield, particularly on the perimeter corner. But I would argue for this football team, there's no more important position group than the defensive line. And there hasn't been since Pat Narduzzi took over in 2015. There just hasn't been. This, this defensive line, is they're, they're unchained. They're, they're allowed to go play. They, they shoot gaps. They take chances. They play with controlled but reckless abandon. And their job is to wreak havoc on – the opposition and they've done that incredibly well so when you build that mo when you build that personality it's incumbent upon the program and i think this defense could morph a little bit i, I do think that i don't think this is a one-trick pony but it's still going to start with the defensive line and you know we've seen this this defensive line thrive with Excellent perimeter pass rushers, Juan Price being the first most notable under Pat Narduzzi, but certainly we've seen the um, the emergence of Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver and what they do uh, on the perimeter. And then there was Jalen Twyman and Kalijah Kansi inside. So we've seen you know different aspects of this line, defensive line, become the focal point. This year, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it's going to come from. You've got these these veteran kind of workmanlike, very consistent players inside, and David Green and Devin Danielson that are back. And both of these guys have played an absolute ton of football. And we will absolutely jump in to their statistics here. I think David Green. 6'1", 285, going to be a redshirt senior. Obviously, he's played a ton of football, but, you know, we've seen David Green flash. It's hard to be – it's hard to be – to run sidecar to a Kalijah Kansi. It's hard – it's hard – it's a hard role. It's hard to feature in that role. But he's done a great job being an excellent role player. And what we saw later in the year – when Kalijah got hurt, we remember he hurt his shoulder heading into the, the end part of the season, is we saw 
David Green emerge as a guy that can be disruptive, a guy that can get into the backfield. We saw it in the bowl game. And I really liked what I saw from him against both Miami and against UCLA in the bowl game. To be that three that penetrating three technique. Danielson, you know, he's gonna he's just a plotter, man. He is just gonna hog up space. He's powerful. He's gonna get push, but he's not the type of explosive athlete that we've come to expect from the interior of Pitt's defensive line. I think David Green could surprise some people this year. I really think David Green could surprise some people. The other guy that I really like, and he is not the prototype for Pitt, is DeAndre Jules. And I've talked about him on this show. I've talked about him on game broadcasts. And he's another very veteran player, but here's a guy that's 6'3", 310. Another redshirt senior. And we've seen players in this Pitt defense. We, we, we've seen the, the freshman sensations, the Kalijah Kansies, the the Jalen Twymans. But we've also seen players really improve over the course of their career. Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver, and bust out in their last one to two seasons. I wouldn't be shocked to see that from DeAndre Jules. You know, had two two tackles, one and a half TFLs against UCLA, had a sack against Miami. So this is, again, this is after... Haba shut shut it down for the year. This is after Kalijah was sidelined due to injury. These guys had to take the mantle, and we saw them do that. We saw them do that really well. The other guy is a local guy, and, and I think he fits the mold very well, and that's Sean Fitzsimmons. Sean Fitzsimmons is – he'll be the next – really good one inside, in my opinion, that people don't really – they don't know about right now. They followed him in recruiting. He kind of waited in the wings. Watch out for Fitzsimmons. Then you've got Elliot Donald. You've got all these young players that have waited for their opportunity to bust out. And there's one thing that Charlie Partridge and Pat Narduzzi have done well is they've kept those players poised, patient, and they've absolutely put them in a position when their time comes, they are ready. Let's go to Jim in Wilkes-Barre. Jim, how are you, man? Pat, good. How are you? I'm Pretty doing great. Thank yeah, you. Pat, a couple of quick questions there. Um, I know Pitt's had an outstanding recruiting season uh, so far for 2024, verbals. Uh, a little disappointed with the quarterback position. They haven't brought any yet. Uh, do you think they need a quarterback for this class and also a little bit more uh, depth at running back for the next class? And also, uh, and I'll hang up and listen. As far as the scheduling question goes, I noticed Pitt has a, a ton of openings out of conference schedule for the second half of the decade. Uh, I like to see the three-one format. You know, we have three teams that you could should beat in one brand name school. And uh, do you have any inside information and uh, any additions to the schedule for the second half of twenty-five, other than Wisconsin and the Notre Dame games? And, and again, Pat, uh, great show. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, I appreciate it, Jim, and thanks for the call from scranton Wilkesbury area. Appreciate the call. A lot of questions there and good ones. Um, I, I think Frank Signetti has is, is got his eyes on multiple quarterbacks. I think he'd like to take one every year. Obviously, you've got the opportunity to to go into the portal. That's, that's always 
appealing because of its immediate return on investment. In analyzing the quarterback position, and, and we're going to get into that as we ramp up to football season, because this quarterback position, I think right now this quarterback room is in about as good a shape as Pitts had in a long time. And that includes the Kenny Pickett years, because there wasn't much behind Kenny. We saw that in the back half of 2020 when, when he went down with an ankle injury. Phil Dracovic, you know, he's got one season. He's got six months with with this program to 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 really get his career back where he wants it and do it at home. And, and I, everyone's rooting for that. You know, Christian Vayer is got all the talent in the world. Penn State, obviously, you know, transfer um, has a, a ton of upside, has some experience. You know, but you look at at where he sits. I mean, you've got Phil with with one year to go. You know, Christian's a redshirt sophomore, so three years to go and has, you know, we're starting to get to the end of the COVID years, but it's hard to do the math anymore because you just don't know how much time's left on the clock. You've also got, I mean, a guy that won a football game last year and played a big role in the bowl game in Nate Yarnell, who, you know, missed the entire year in 2020 and 21 rather with, with a foot injury and really had to, to get back on the saddle and catch up for lost time last year and ended up winning you know, this team a game at Western Michigan and coming into the bowl game and making a, a heck of a throw on his first snap and just has gamer leadership qualities that you can't coach. You'd have to think through the course of this season, we don't know what's going to happen, but with the way the world works, you know, behind behind Nate, you've got Ty Diefenbach, who's a, a true freshman. I, I don't think all three of those guys will be back Next season, 2025. I don't know that, or 2020, uh, 2024 season. I don't know that for sure, but I, the law of averages, uh, there's one There's one quarterback that plays, and I think they can get through spring brawl with the competition, but we don't know how this season's going to pan out, so I don't think you can bank on that. So having two guys on the roster, you, you don't have to take one for 2024, and who knows what else that means from a – from a portal perspective. As far as running back, I, I do think depth will be important. There's a lot of veterans uh, in that room. Sebo Flemister, Rodney Hammond, Daniel Carter, I think will play a big role this year. Um, but I, you know, I can't mention specific names because they're not signed yet, but they've done a very good job in this class. I can just tell you that uh, with the running back position. And uh, I think there'll be more to come on that here pretty soon, just based on how, how well that position's done and, and what Frank Signetti's done with running backs including, most notably, Israel Abanacanda. Scheduling-wise, I don't have any inside info. Um, you know, we're scheduling games for, 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 you know, for kids in middle school, so it's, uh, it's tough to predict. I think you're seeing more alignment between Pitt and West Virginia um, in this landscape. I like that. I support that. I think that's necessary. We'll head down to Morgantown this year, and it'll be an outstanding football game. Uh, I'd like to see that continue. Uh, but beyond that, uh, who knows what will shake out and what scheduling model will prevail? I think there's a lot of uncertainty about what the back half of this decade looks like, um, just from a from a alignment perspective. But well, time will tell. Let's go to Title Man. How are you, Title Man? Oh, I'm excited, Pat. Hello? What's up, Title Man? Pat. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, this is a time of year right after Fourth uh, of July that you know the the college yearbooks come out, which. Uh, Really, a it's uh, something that's going by the wayside, and you know people can have the, you know they can read about their team on the internet. I prefer to go out there and and get. I used to get the sporting news, and I you know I'm, I'm getting the athletes 
But when you get that, and then you, I've, I've got eight weeks now, I guess, to the start of the season. How many to the start of camp? Start of camp, geez, Louise. It's well, they start August first, title man. So, yeah, four weeks. We're, we're coming. We're coming close to it. You know, as far as Jakovic's concerned, I just go back, and I'm not an analytics guy. I don't. I don't sit there and uh, break down game film. I just go back, and I, you know, I, I harken back to uh, 2020 when we played them up at BC, and he lit us up. I mean, I don't know if people remember that game or not. But he lit us up for 358 yards. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I remember it well. 100, 160 yards, that Flowers kid. And he had a, that year, he had a tight end, uh, Hunter Long, who's in the NFL now. And uh, that's really the purpose of my call. Uh, I was disappointed last year that uh, Bartholomew didn't make a jump in terms of stats, in terms of getting targeted, in terms of having somebody throw him the darn ball. You know, he had 21 catches last year, falling 28 as a freshman. And and I, I, I sort of my question for you is, you know, what was that all about? Why was why was he being overlooked so much on offense? And do you think the fact that you've got a quarterback now who is uh, tight end friendly? I mean, I I think there's a, a potential, you know, just a potential there, Pat, to use. Uh, Gavin is a weapon. What, what do you think? I agree. I agree with you, and I got to get to a break here, title man. So I appreciate the call, but I agree with you that there there are like like in golf, there's horses for courses. I think there are also quarterbacks that just love tight ends. I think Phil Dracovic's one of them. I think quarterbacks that can move love tight ends uh, because they can extend plays. Tight ends tend to get lost in the fray um, a lot and can be you know your scramble sack saver type type players and quarterback movement crossing patterns, sneaking out into the flat, um, various different uh, ways to utilize that position. Um, but we'll talk more about the tight end position. I want to talk about tight ends and DNs on the next segment. We're going to roll on talking about pit football. Eight weeks still kickoff, taking your calls, 412-928-9370. We'll be back with Panthers Insider after this break. Back at it, Panthers Insider rolls on here this Saturday morning, July 8th, eight weeks until we kick things off, pit football opener against Wofford, the Terriers, at Akershire Stadium. Talking about this roster, talking about positions that, question marks, I would say anticipation, who's going to step up, who needs to step up, all those sorts of questions that tend to occupy our minds here in the month of July before training camp, and we start getting some answers. Great call from title man prior to the break, and we were talking about the tight end position and the lack of utilization last year. I, I think it has less to do with scheme, and I, I do think it has more to do with the not only the talent at the position. I think Gavin Bar Bartholomew is a fine player. I think he's going to have a much improved 2023 campaign. Uh, I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump, but I don't think he was targeted a whole lot. But I think some of that has to do with, with who's got the ball in their hands and what their skill set is and what their capabilities are. And I think Phil Dracovic, Christian Veyer, the mobility component of things, the ability to extend plays and move the pocket more consistently opens things up for the tight end position uh, as well in terms of, uh, of what they're able to do in the movement game and, and you know, in, in broken down plays, quite frankly. Tight ends tend to get lost you know, in those situations, and that's where we've seen the, the absolute greats really thrive 
in addition to working in the middle of the field. Another addition to that position is Malcolm Epps, transfer from USC. He's played five seasons. He's he's battle-tested, played receiver early on in his career at Texas, uh, transferred to USC, uh, you know, where he played tight end and, and saw some action. Uh, but this reminds me of a Lucas Kroll type player. And, you know, we, we harkened back to 2021 and, and the plays that Lucas Kroll made throughout that year after a disappointing, you know, injury shortened 2020, uh, 2020 season. Malcolm Epps has, has that same type of frame, you know, 6'6, 250, can run. Um, you know, you imagine having him and Gavin on the field together or Carter Johnson. Um, I like where that position's at this year and I think it offers. Um, you know, ways to play, you know, with two or three tight ends that candidly are going to be difficult for defenses to figure out how they treat them. You know, do they treat them like a true two tight end set or is it three receivers? You know, how, how do, how do you play? Do you deploy nickel? And then what does that do to your run defense? It's a, I think they have a challenging proposition at the tight end position. And I'm excited to see how Frank Signetti and company utilize that position going into uh, you know, this highly anticipated season, 2023, is upon us, and we are eight weeks away from kickoff. Flip it back to defense, you know, the, getting this show started, we're going to talk to DeMar Hamlin next segment, sat down with him this week, talk about his his charity softball game, which is tonight. Looking forward um, to a great night at Charles Elkos Field uh, up at the Peterson Sports Complex. But with defensive tackle, there's a lot of veteran names. David Green, Devin Danielson, uh DeAndre Jules, Elliot Donald, guys that have been in the program, in addition to the Sean Fitzsimmons and Isaiah Neals and so on and so forth, young talent. D-end, with the exception of Bam Brema and Dayon Hayes, which I still I still feel like Dayon Hayes is young. I, I know I know Dayon is not young. Uh, he, he's a guy that's been in this program uh, for a few years now. And has played a, a, a good amount of football, and including a three-sack performance against Miami. I won't ever forget that. I mean, just dominated that football game. But he's a senior, but he sat behind some of the you know, the best and most experienced and productive DNs that Pitt has produced in in since 2008 and nine with the you know Jabal Sheard and and obviously uh, Greg Romeus, and then certainly Juan Price. I mean. You've got Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver here when he's a freshman. Uh, obviously, then you've got Haba Baldonado, Deslin Alexander that, you know, play when he's a sophomore and return when he's a, a junior. And, you know, Dayon, uh, you know, was in a reserve role. You know, he, he had spot duty, a couple starts here and there, but really wasn't until late last season that we saw him get the action it takes to really become game-tested and get game speed. And we saw him just get better. I, I expect that this year. I really believe that the sky's the limit for that kid. But aside from from Bam and and Dayon, I'm just gonna go through this. I mean, we've we've heard a lot about Samuel Okanola. I mean, he's six four, two forty five, looks to be a prototype, um, but redshirt freshman. You know, Nate Temple. I, I I should I should go back to Nate. Nate's a guy that's just been plagued by injuries, but has a chance to to really contribute this season. Nakai Johnson, another veteran that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, uh, veteran by, by being a redshirt sophomore. But then it's freshman after that. It's 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 Sam O, it's it's Jimmy Scott, you know Jimmy Scott, a, a redshirt freshman from up near Buffalo, New York, six two two sixty. More of the he you know, fits more of the 
um, John Morgan role, right? You know, the, a little bit lower to the ground, more explosive, strong. But there isn't a lot of production on the perimeter of this defensive line returning. Probably the least amount of production I, – I won't say probably. I'll say the least amount of production that Pitt has had coming back since probably 2019. It's been a long time since we've seen – Pitt have to really replenish the perimeter of their defensive line, and COVID had a lot to do with that. I mean, you got, you got fifth and sixth year seniors that are able to return, but I, I don't think that that means this group can't be really good. And it leads into my next point, which is uh, this defense may rely. It's 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 crazy to say this because we saw it at times last year, and, and with no Servassier Dennis at middle linebacker, it's crazy to say that this defense may rely more on their linebackers for pressure from a from a blitz perspective, but I think that may be the case. And I don't think that's only due to a lack of experience on the defensive line or lack of returning production. I think there's plenty of talent there, and I think Dayon's going to have a monster year. I think David Green and, and DeAndre Jules could have big years. But uh, when you look at the front seven and the length and, and speed and explosiveness they, that this pit team has at linebacker, I think people are sleeping on that position. It's always been a position that people, for whatever reason, with Servassier Dennis notwithstanding, people have been concerned about. And I think, you know, it's largely due to the fact that the defensive line was such a household name that you were always going to be concerned about something. You have to be. And that defensive line was always dependent upon to be, you know, the power broker on that side of the ball. I think this year with Shane Simon moving inside and Bengali Kamara you know, going into the latter portion of his career alongside Solomon DeShields and Brandon George and Kyle Lewis and, and some of the, the, the young players they have. This is athletic a linebacker group as, as Pitt's had, and I think they're gonna have to factor heavily into the, the pressure game if Pitt's gonna if Pitt's gonna continue its run of being in the top two or three in the country in sacks. And I mean, let's face it, that's a big part of the way they play. A big part of their success over the last two seasons, the 20 wins, has, has not only been, you know, certainly Kenny Pickett and, and Israel Banacanda and Jordan Addison and all the great players on offense, but it's been the ability to get after the quarterback. And I think they've got the b ability defensively to, to – it's hard to say this because they pressure a lot. They blitz a lot. I mean, th this isn't a defense that just sits and rushes for that much. They're going to come after you. But this year I think they're afforded the opportunity to do that even more and to do it in, in potentially more ways because of the experience in the secondary net corner. It puts them in a position to – and frankly, with the way with the way they play, and, and Pat Narduzzi and, and Randy Bates have done an excellent job with this defense, but with, with less experience at safety, it, it may potentially be behoove them to play more of, of that, you know, that blitzstone middle safety where you're not putting a, a P.J. O'Brien or, or Javon McIntyre on an island in the slot playing quarters all game. That's still going to be their base, but blitzing or, or bringing pressure and playing more single safety can kind of still allows you to be you know, sound you know, in terms of run defense. Um, it's, it's not as – it's not, it's not as much of a blanket against everything as quarters is, but puts the game in the offense's backfield. It allows your corners to man up and play one on one, which you feel great about, and it doesn't put it doesn't put a young safety 
in a field one-on-one situation. But we'll see how this defense deploys itself, notwithstanding you know my thoughts on where I think this defense could go. I think there are legitimate questions, exciting questions, huge opportunities for this defensive line, and it really would qualify as a reloading year, particularly on the perimeter. And I'm looking forward to seeing training camp in a few weeks here and seeing who emerges. I'm also looking forward to the Chasing Millions charity softball game tonight, 6 o'clock. Tickets still available. I do believe I could be producing fool's gold, but if you want to get a chance to go out and see a bunch of guys, I mean, Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, Shaq Lawson, former Pitt greats, you know, Lewis Riddick, James Conner, Tyler Boyd, Dane Jackson, Quadri Olison, Jordan Whitehead, play a little softball tonight. It's a beautiful day. And go up to the Peterson Sports Complex at the top of uh, the hill in Oakland, Charles L. Cost Field. Six o'clock will be the first pitch for the Chase and M's charity softball game. I had a chance to sit down with DeMar Hamlin. We're going to listen to that interview next. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Closing things out with Panthers Insider today, and we teased it all show, and we're going to go to it now. Sat down with one of the pick greats. We mentioned young safeties and defensive backs that have succeeded at Pitt. This is certainly one of them, and he's doing more than just succeeding on the field. We know his story, and we're going to learn a little bit more about his foundation and their work. Charity softball game tonight. Sat down with DeMar Hamlin. Let's take a listen. Joined now by DeMar Hamlin, pick great, hosting your Chasing Millions charity softball game Saturday. And uh, DeMar, first of all, appreciate you making the time, man. And uh, I know we saw you throw the opening pitch. You've done some first pitches, but how is the swing? That, that's the most important thing for this softball game with a home run derby pending. Yeah, man, the swing is right. Um, I was just with the Pirates the other day throwing out the first pitch, and, you know, they let me in the batting cages. So, I, uh, you know, they, they put me up against, like, the real pitcher, his pitches. So, and I was, I was making some connections, so. Um, I, I'm going to show something off on Saturday for sure. Saturday, July 8th at Charles Alcost Field, Pitt Baseball Stadium, uh, 6 o'clock. Doors open at 5.30. Going to be a ton yes, of yes, celebrities, yes. ton of celebrities, a lot of guys showing love for, for Chasing Millions. First thing I want to ask you is your foundation, the Chasing M's Foundation, what is the mission? What are you guys trying to accomplish? Um, you know, the mission is just saving generations, you know, just – giving kids opportunities of a lifetime to just level out the playing field with the rest of the world, um, showing them that anything is possible. You know, it's limitless to what you want to do as long as you just put a plan together and you focus and you stay and you stick to it. You know, we're going to put people, opportunities, all type of things like that in front of the kids, you know, so to, to guide them and direct them, you know, within their whatever it is that they choose to be their path, you know. I always – on my journey coming up, you know, I always, I always reached like I wanted that figure to be able to show me the way and you know tell me what not to do and what to do, you know, and um, from someone that that was doing what I wanted to do and and I didn't have that and I always wanted it, you know. So I worked hard as I worked as hard as I can, you know, to to get where I am now to be able to be that. Um, and you know, every everyone can vouch for it, you know, kids in high school, kids that been out of high school, kids in college, you know. Everyone knows, like, they can call on me, you know, if they need some guidance, if they need some direction, because, you know, I, that's this is what I'm here for. This is what I always wanted to be. So that's the mission. That, that's the mission. You know, we're saving generations. We're, we're, we're giving kids opportunities. You know, it's, it's crisis is going on, you know, and, and, and 
in communities like where I grew up, McKees Rock. So, you know, we're just trying to make a difference, you know, but it's it's obviously bigger than the hometown. The mission is going to be worldwide, but, you know, what better place to start than, you know, right back in your backyard. In your backyard at the University of Pittsburgh and a lot of your former teammates are, are coming back. You know, James Conner, Dane Jackson, who's a current teammate with the yeah. Buffalo Bills, Quadri Olison. Lewis Riddick from way back when, who's on Sir, TV. Heather Like, who actually played softball, athletic director at Pitt. Yeah, um, my team. She, she's going to be on your team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you like, <laughs> let me a little rundown. Like, who do you expect with the Pitt guys? Like T. Boyd's comment. Who do you expect to be good, and who are you a little bit? Who do you think is going to be a little bit suspect? Uh, I'm gonna start with good. Um, T. Boyd. I expect T. Boyd to be good. T. Boyd been good at everything. T. Boyd. I don't think he lost a high school game in. Clarton, man. No sport or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, T-Boy, he's been good at everything his entire life. So, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be legit. Um, James, I can't count James out on nothing, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's one of those. But we'll see. Um, Dane, that's another that's another triple sport athlete who can do it all. Dane's a, he's a real good hooper, too. So, um, I know he'll be legit. Um, but we got we to gotta see about about Jordan Whitehead, we got to see about about him. We got to see about Quadriosin, Lewis Reddick. I know he's gonna bring his A game. He's gonna he bring his A game for sure. Um, you know, and other guys. You know, Miles Sanders. We'll see what he got. You know that. We'll see if if he can handle the the pit environment. You know, being a Penn State guy. We'll see if he can handle it. Um, you know, but uh, you know, last but not least, To. Terrell Owens, man. Yeah, he brings his A game anywhere he shows up, you know, so I know he'll be it's coming. my quarterback, man. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be coming to steal the show for sure. <laughs> a couple more questions for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, you got some guys coming from, from the Bills, not only Dane, but Stephon Diggs, Shaq Lawson. What is what is Buffalo meant to you as a, as a second home hometown? And, and the fact that these guys are willing to come to Pittsburgh to support what you're doing, what's that mean to you? And, and what do you expect from, from, the, from the Bills crowd? Uh, literally, like you said, man, Buffalo's my second home. Um, you know, it's the place that, that it's like when your parents drop you off to, you know, that, that one person they trust as, you know, they're your, your babysitter. Yep. You know, that's like Buffalo just coming to get me when they drafted me. And they took me in, man. They've been loving me up since I first got there. Um, you know, and it's, it's so many similarities between cities um, here in Pittsburgh. Just a blue-collar town, hardworking people, you know, that – appreciate everything that they can get their hands on, you know, and they, they prideful city, um, and, you know, a, a town that, that wants to win, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's very similar. So, you know, I'm, I feel just at home up there as I do, you know, back in my backyard. So um, Buffalo means a lot to me and just to my teammates, just extend them a big thank you for coming out, you know, just supporting everything we got going on. Just, just try to come here and just give kids, you know, an opportunity to, interact with them and, you know, get whatever memorabilia signed, you know, just so they can keep forever, you know, that they'll probably have in their room and, you know, use it as inspiration on their journey growing up, you know, because that's directly what I did, man. I, I still got trophy cases with pictures of me and Paula Malu working at a, uh, oh, an yeah. event together, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, I know, I know personally it goes a long way. You know, you obviously are, are such an example to, to the younger generation, but you become an example to the next generation of pit players. And I wanted to ask you, it's, you know, you've, you, Jordan Whitehead, Avante Maddox, Dane, there's been this pipeline of defensive backs to come out of pit and the generate Eric Hallett, Brandon Hill now going to the NFL. What do you think about 
playing DB at Pitt makes you ready for the next level? Man, it's just the culture. It's really the culture Narduzzi created, man. He he told me when I was a junior, senior in high school how it was going to be, you know, and I trusted his mission. I trusted his plan. And, you know, it, it went just like that, you know, and the things that he instilled in us at Pitt, you know, they they took us over the hump in the NFL. They prepared us to be able for, you know, those big moments in the NFL. And, like, getting in the NFL, there was nothing I wasn't prepared for mm-hmm. off of what I dealt with at Pitt. You know what I'm saying? And the same experience for everyone else in the NFL. I think that's why so many people are thriving so well because of, you know, how things were at Pitt. You know, it was professional. Practice was tough. Practice was hard. Um, you know, we were challenged a lot. We were challenged in our scheme. You know, we yep. we we were dependent on a lot. You know, so we already had that accountability and that professionalism. You know, on our on our back. So going into the NFL with that, you know, that's that's two key components that can keep you in there for a while. And you know, just being able to just reach out and you know ask any questions and 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 get in contact. You know, anything that you having a problem with in the NFL. You know, you got guidance. You know, you can reach out to guys like Avante Maddox, and you know, it's it's all love. You can reach out to guys like Jordan Whitehead, and it'd be all love. You know, and if you you know, we got people on the offensive side of the ball too, who who you can reach out to, James Conner, Tyler Boyd. You know, and just deeper and deeper and deeper into it. You know, so you know, Pitt Pitt's on a you know, we kind of taking over the NFL. You know what I'm saying? We we kind of one of those. You got to count us in one of the top schools with 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 high-caliber people in the NFL because, you know, everyone's producing right now. Well, you say high-caliber people. You are not only a high-caliber player but a high-caliber person. Thank Continue you. all the success. Best of luck with your foundation and best of luck with everything moving forward. Damar, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Damar Hamlin, charity softball game tonight. Jason M's foundation, Jason Millions. Uh, we're familiar with the brand. We're familiar with the story. Obviously, Damar's been through a lot over the past year and uh, looking to, he's coming out of the other side and really just taking full advantage of the platform he's been given. And there will be a star-studded lineup tonight. I'm going to do my prep work. I'm doing in-game play-by-play, which will be fun. I'm expecting big things from Heather Like, the lefty. Played softball at Michigan. She's going to be, a, I think, an early draft pick. Curious to see the swings of some of the – it's interesting. They're playing in the baseball field. It's a little bit bigger ballpark, not playing at Vardabedian Field in the softball field. So see if we see some homers. It will be a derby, I believe. And, again, get your tickets. Get out there to Charles L. Cost Field and check things out tonight. We'll be back next week, as we always are, 8 to 9 a.m. More pit football talk when I get into the offensive side of the ball. Talk about – we talked about the offensive line a week ago and, and them being a strength, but I want to talk about the quarterback position. I want to talk about the wide receiving core uh, because if I have a question offensively on if there's a group that needs people to step up, needs players to emerge and, and come into their own, it would be the wide receiver position because you know we saw him try to be active in the portal, picked up Dejon Reynolds from Florida, Bub Means, Kanate Mumfield are back, but beyond that, there's not a whole lot of experience in production coming back. And it'll be very interesting to follow training camp to see if some of these young freshmen, five of them coming in, if they emerge and can play contributory roles on this offense. Panthers Insider back next week. PGT Trucking. Appreciate the support of the show. We are driven by PGT Trucking. Beaver County Automotive, Voss TV and Appliance. We'll be back next week. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. And as always, hail to Pitt.